motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited to be here with our guest today, Jennifer Capadati. A Toronto-based CPA, Jennifer had spent 10 years in the corporate world of public accounting, working as a business advisor to both global public corporations and small to mid-sized owner-managed businesses. She had seen it all, the successes and perhaps more importantly, the struggles. It was during that time that she developed her passion for working with those owner-managed businesses. And so in 2020, launched her own practice, a full-service accounting and advisory practice acting as a financial one-stop shop for owner-managed businesses. Through her virtual CFO, business coaching, and tax services, she provides a holistic approach to financial services for businesses and their owners. She is committed to changing the landscape for small business accounting, making the expertise of experienced CPAs more accessible to all, not just the big players. Jennifer, a proud mompreneur, lives in North Toronto with her husband, another CPA, and two toddlers. She is an active supporter of women-owned businesses, a fierce advocate for women's equality in the workforce, and an avid home chef. Thank you so much for joining me, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. That was quite the intro. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you're quite the person. You're amazing. You do so many things. And I know that as part of your home chef knowledge and expertise, I've heard you make amazing jalapeno poppers. I do. <laughs> and we live, we live rather far from one another. Yeah. So I'm hoping one day I can perhaps try one of them because I do love Absolutely. them. Absolutely. I'm unfortunately I don't ship well, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I could maybe secretly pass you the recipe. <laughs> yeah. They, it sounds delicious. And I've, I've had the store-bought kind, but I'm sure yours are much, oh, much yes. better. They are, they're a legend over here. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off, I wanted to chat with you about your motherhood and work juggle and what that looks like with running your own accounting practice and raising two toddlers. What are some of the highlights and challenges you have experienced? So I am actually very fortunate that my kids are still daycare age. So obviously um, we're recording this during the pandemic or the tail end, tail end of it, hopefully. And so they have been still able to go to daycare and not have to do the virtual schooling. If that were the case, I don't think I would be here in this position right now. So I am 
very grateful every day that we have that. The cost of that though, is that at any given moment, it's unpredictable. If one of them has a runny nose, both of them have to come home and stay home for a few days, which happens more often than I would like it to, and can throw a wrench in the plans. So there's a lot of adapting that needs to be done. So it's a challenge. Also up until recently, I didn't really have anyone I could sort of pass the torch to in terms of covering for me when my kids are sick in terms of employees, but I recently hired my first employee and she's amazing. So Eva, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> You've saved my life. So that's been great. But I think the highlight definitely is that I'm doing something that I love. I'm doing work that I love. I'm getting to work with amazing clients. And my husband will tell you that in my previous job in the corporate world, I was miserable all the time. And that definitely carried over to home life, irritability, stress. So I think being able to do something that I love so much and I'm so passionate about definitely translates back to home life and that I'm just a happier better person to be around. I think also the flexibility, of course, I think any entrepreneur will tell you being able to have your own schedule is great. Even though I, I left the nine to five to work, I feel more than nine to five now, but being able to plan, give it enough for time off and being able to take vacations during March. My family goes to Florida in March every year. And I used to never be able to go because at the firm that was always busy season, you can't take time off. So now being able to do that is going to be very exciting. I think when we can eventually travel again, but <laughs> that's so nice. It's so nice when we can find those ways to have work sort of fit with that bigger picture. And I feel yeah. if your husband sat down with my husband, they would have <laughs> that similar conversation because when things yes. are feeling good at work and it's feeling overwhelming or just misaligned or whatever the case may be, it does spill over into everything else. Cause yeah, you pour so much of yourself into that. And exactly. It's hard yeah. to keep it separate as much as we may try to set those boundaries and remain present. It's, it's really hard to just shut off, especially when, you know, work takes up a lot of our, our life. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Yeah. No, yeah. he would, he would speak to when I was trying my best to be the best teacher, like classroom teacher that I could be and the mm -hmm. best mom that I could be. And that maybe just wasn't the best thing for, yes, yes. <laughs> for us, especially 100%. at that time. Now I'm curious, what are some strategies that have been helpful with making your juggle work for you and your family? I think definitely open communication with my husband. I'm again, very lucky that we are very much partners in every way. When it comes to parenting and household stuff, we're, we have a great sort of balance that way. And we, we take time at the beginning of every day to kind of go through what the schedule of our day is, particularly if the kids are home, we're often sort of tag teaming in and out. So we, we go through, you know, what's what meetings we have that are sort of non-negotiable. We can't reschedule. So we can kind of plan around that and decide, okay, I'm picking up the kids today. You're dropping them off tomorrow kind of thing. So it, it, it works that way. I think another strategy is a little bit that I used to be very much a control freak and still kind of am, particularly when it comes to the kids and how things are done around the house. But I think I've really consciously made a decision to let that go and let my husband do things on his own without me getting involved. So if the kids socks don't match or the colors clash or something, I used to get very upset about that. And now in letting go, that has made everything a lot easier and trusting my husband that just because they don't match, they're still going to be okay. And lastly, I think it's just setting boundaries and that's, you know, work versus family and family versus work, setting those boundaries to try and as much as best we can. I mean, I mentioned it, it's hard to kind of abide by that all the time, but you know, not checking my phone when I'm around the kids or taking calls when I'm even taking a break by myself, if the kids aren't home, just setting those boundaries and, and sticking to them as best you can is really important as well. 
particularly when we're working from home and there's like no separation, you have to set some sort of boundary to, to separate a little bit for your own sanity. Working from home, it can be so easy to have that boundary blur. It can be really, really tricky for sure. And I know as with you, it's very easy to just, you know, like just look at my phone quickly for one minute to check one Mm -hmm. thing, but yeah, it's great to just kind of put that aside as best we can and just be present and be in and be in those moments. But it's tough. It is mm-hmm. tough, but important. Yeah, tough. Yes, very. Yeah. <laughs> now, money. We all know <laughs> that keeping track of all things money is important. So tracking and managing our finances is important for both at a personal level, but also mm-hmm. for those who might be business owners. So as the expert, what are some <laughs> accounting best practices that we should all be implementing? For both businesses and personal, I think just looking at your finances regularly is so important. And I know I sound like a broken record because I say this all, my, all the time on my Instagram or whatever, but you can't get to where you want to be unless you know where you're starting from when it comes to your finances. And I know that for a lot of people who've been avoiding it, it, it can be a very scary thing to, to look at your numbers, especially if you already have an idea that maybe they're not showing you what you'd like to see and on the best position, but you really can't, whether you're wanting to pay off debt or save for a house or look at your sales targets in your business, you really have no idea unless you look at them and and keep track of where, of where you are. I think, yeah, as I said, it can be, it can be really scary, but I, I know I always feel better, even if it's something that I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing. I always feel better knowing that I'm in control. And so taking control means checking in regularly on your financial position, both from a personal and and business perspective. And the other important thing I think for both, again, is staying up to date on your taxes, Uh, making sure that you're filing on time, logging into your CRA account. Everybody has a CRA account. So definitely take advantage and make sure that you're checking to make sure you're not missing any payments or anything, because that can really bite you in the butt later if you're applying for a mortgage or a loan, most creditors need to see that your taxes are up to date and paid for. So definitely keep on top of that so that you're not, you know, seven years later, I need to do my taxes and having to pay a huge accounting bill to get it done. So those are my, probably my two biggest, biggest things. I think those are great ones and they're, neither of them are hard to do, but, exactly. but so easy to not do. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Cause you're right. Sometimes you just don't want to know. Yeah. But if you don't know, then you yeah. can't take the right action, right? Or, exactly. or take those steps to have things be how you want them to be. So information is power. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Knowledge is power. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly, my husband and I, we just did the 23andMe. Oh, cool. Where you find out your genetic information and history yeah. and ancestry and everything. And it was interesting because... When my husband and I were filling out the little questionnaire in that online about what we wanted to know or not know, because they make sure to tell you once you know, you can't unknow. Oh my goodness. I I just, interesting. (laughs) I just wanted to know it all. Yeah. But there's certain things like you might be a carrier of a certain, like say late onset Alzheimer's or type two diabetes, you might be at higher risk based on your genetics. And I I just wanted to be like, if you had an ancestor who was like a serial killer or something, I don't want to know. I didn't even think about that, but oh my goodness, that could be interesting too. Yeah. But it was, it was so funny because I was all in and my husband was a little hesitant. So he wasn't Mm -hmm. sure, do I really want to know, you know, maybe I'd rather be in denial, but 
yeah, he ended up deciding to know everything, but it's in a similar way, in a sense, it's like, if you have the information, knowledge is power. That was yep. the perspective I was coming from. And if I knew, and I am actually at a higher risk than more people of having type two diabetes, which I thought was mm -hmm. interesting. So then I know it's more important than ever to be active and eat healthy and all those exactly. things. Exactly. So, yeah. When you know you can take action to prevent just because you're at a higher risk, even for something in business, you know, it could be your projections could maybe not look so great based to given your current results. But if you are aware, you know what you need to fix and then. And then you better. can move towards that to make it better. But if you exactly. don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, very good analogy. <laughs> So yeah, we've been quite interested as we've been sort of diving into all these things about our DNA, but yeah, it, it makes sense with money as well. Knowledge mm -hmm. is power for sure. Mm -hmm. Now it is always amazing, obviously when we can save money and especially at tax time, it's great when we can find ways to lower our tax bill. We always get really excited when we find ways. So <laughs> what are some ways that you would suggest we pay attention to so we can lower our tax bills, both personally and as small business owners? So the one thing, and because I get asked this a lot by sole proprietors, what are things I can do to save on my taxes this year? And the number one thing is just to keep track of your expenses. The more expenses you have, the more tax deductions you have, and you can lower your taxable revenue, which then of course lowers the amount of tax you're going to pay. Now that's primarily for sole proprietors, business owners, because there are a lot of things that just as an individual, you can't deduct, but there are some things that you can. So you can deduct, you know, medical expenses, tuition payments, daycare expenses, even some interest on some loans you can deduct. So really just the biggest thing is tracking all of these expenditures you have in your life. And that goes, you know, also back with looking at your finances regularly, making sure they're up to date. So that's the biggest thing. And I think the other thing is just to file on time. I think people underestimate the penalties and interest that you can incur if you don't file your taxes on time um, and you don't pay on time. Things can really add up. Also installment payments as well. If you're not paying your installment payments on time, then you can get dinged for that on interest. So there are again, like really just easy ways and, and just involve staying organized. Of course, there are you know, more complex strategies as, as you know, your, your business grows or you own more businesses or things like that. There are definitely, you know, more complex ways to take advantage of tax savings, but really for the average sole proprietor and individual, it's just keeping track of those expenses, making sure you're claiming all your deductions. Yeah. So again, the keeping track. And yep. It <laughs> always comes back to that. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. It's a good reminder because our eldest is now heading into high school in the fall. And so he's getting that much closer to possibly going to post-secondary. So that is good to remember because I remember that being something that my parents were doing back in the yeah, day when I was always in university. Asking you to transfer your tuition credits to them. <laughs> that was exactly yeah. it. <laughs> that was exactly what happened at our yeah. house. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. We'll be taking notes, right? And yeah. Doing the same. <laughs> Now I've learned from you that there are actually different types of accountants. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking to work with an accountant, mm -hmm. how do we know which type of accountant we should be connecting with? That's a fair question. So in my view, I think there's there's generally three different types of accountants and the word accountant can be used interchangeably, but they're, they're very different 
you know, sets of qualifications and skills with each type of accountant. So the three are generally a bookkeeper, a tax accountant, and then a CPA, which is really more of a, they're trained in business, really business, so business advisory and strategies. And a CPA can be a bookkeeper or a tax accountant, but a bookkeeper, for example, can't, isn't always a, a CPA. From that perspective, it can't always be used interchangeably. But so bookkeepers, they they keep, they know all the accounting rules. So they can keep track of all your incomes and expenses and make sure your books are clean. They make sure that you are claiming everything, that you have support for everything. And they just generally keep your records in pristine condition, which will be great for when you need to send those records to a tax accountant who just does taxes. So they specialize in tax. Tax is a, a huge beast. And Tax specialists are so, so important and valuable. One of my good friends is a, is she's my go-to tax specialist. (laughs) She just knows everything in and out. And there's so many different strategies, you know, for estate planning and growing businesses. If you want to kind of expand and incorporate different types of businesses and retirement, setting up trusts, they, they specialize in all that stuff as well as, as filing your tax returns as well. And then the CPA, as I mentioned, they're, they're, you know, they're trained in business. It can really help you understand what your numbers are telling you and how to strategize and make decisions for your business and can also incorporate some some tax strategies and and bookkeeping as well. So it really depends on what your needs are. If you're looking for someone just to keep track of the numbers, but you know, you want to, you know what the numbers are telling you. So you just want someone to make sure that they're correct and up to date, then you need a bookkeeper. If you just need someone to file your taxes then a tax accountant is fine. And if you want something that's a little more all encompassing, then you would go to a, a CPA accountant. Well, that definitely clears things up. I don't think I really <laughs> understood those differences very well. So thank yeah, you it's for a common, a common that. confusion. Yeah. Like, aren't they just accountants? Isn't there I just know. one type? Well, it's like doctors, right? Like there's different, I mean, I'm not comparing myself to a doctor, but obviously it's way more specialized, but you know, there's different specializations on, as doctors, there's pediatricians, there's oncologists. So it's, it's kind of like that in, in a way, different specializations. So would an individual without a business ever need to seek the services of a CPA or would that tend to be more a tax accountant or bookkeeper? It'd be like me, if you're just an individual, you're not um, running your own business, you're, you know, you're full-time employed, then a tax accountant is really all you need. You don't really need someone to keep track of your books so much because you have, you know, one source of income and then yeah, your, your family expenses, but you wouldn't generally need a bookkeeper for that. No. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you. Now, In my family, my poor kids, they have parents who are both educators, uh, a teacher of teachers, that's me, Mm -hmm. and then a principal. And Mm -hmm. I I do feel for them at times. Now your kids have parents who are both CPAs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm curious, what are the money lessons that you think are the most important for kids to know and understand? And also, what are some ways that you have or you're you're planning on introducing these lessons to your own kids? Cause I know your kids are young. They are young. They're very young. They're three and a half and two. So but we do try and, I mean, I joke about the, the mommy tax, which is when I give them a treat or something, I'll take a bite and say, sorry, mommy tax. So that's kind of the way I introduce it. They also are very familiar with calculators. I often will find that I'm missing my calculator and it ends up in my son's bed or something. Cause he's decided to sleep with it. So they, they get, they get some exposure in that way. I think that the biggest things that 
I wish I knew more about growing up. One thing is, is debt. So credit cards, how it works and how to use it. It's not ever free money. You're going to have to pay it back. So just being aware of that concept that you can't spend more than you make, even if it is on a, a credit card, because you have to pay that back and how interest works on those credit cards. That is basic understanding. I think that all kids need to know in school. I learned the hard way when I finished university and got my first credit card and was like, oh, I have all this disposable income. Not really. So I think that's very important to understand. And I think people don't like the term budgeting. It can be very dry, but I like to view budgets as a way of making things that excite you seem possible. I think that just that concept of of keeping track, again, not spending more than you're making and putting money aside to save for important things is really important as well. And, and it can be made fun for little kids too. This is what you have to spend now. This is what you have to save for something later. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is, is taxes, really just understanding how they work, how to file your own tax return, what happens when you make money, where it goes and how much you should be putting aside if you need to. It's just that that concept of how taxes work is really a mystery to a lot of people until they're adults and have to file their own taxes. So I think it's important to understand that as kids too. Those are great tips. And I'm just imagining as you're chatting your little guy with the calculator. Yeah. In his <laughs> <laughs> he just like so to punch sweet. the numbers and repeat the numbers back to me and show me, but yeah, he just literally would not. I went to like go check on him one night and I'm like, what is this in his bed? And it was my calculator. <laughs> That is so sweet. Definitely a child of two CPAs. Yes. (laughs) He also loves to practice his numbers, writing his numbers and and adding. So he's really into numbers. That is lovely. That is so nice. (laughs) We actually have an old adding machine. Oh, fun. Yes. That used to belong to my father-in-law. And so the kids quite enjoy playing with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not something you'd see anymore. So <laughs> well, up until last year, I organized an enrichment drive with my kids elementary school and I've been doing it since 2014. And part of what I had to submit up until this past school year was an Excel spreadsheet with all the people's contact information and, uh, and donation amounts, but mm-hmm. also an adding machine tape. So up until, yes, this past school year, I had to do that, which is kind of insane. Isn't Excel just the same thing? It's just a computerized I... version of an adding machine. Yes, I had to submit both. But this year oh, we partnered my. with a nonprofit organization that kind of handles things for us. And so okay. we had a website for donations at mm. uh, and a QR code. Oh, so we stepped into Good the admit. modern world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a game changer. So now I, I told the kids you can just use the adding machine whenever you want. <laughs> just use up the paper. But yeah. yeah. No, it's I think it's I think it's great to have those conversations with your kids about money. Cause I think sometimes I mean, there's certain conversations maybe you're not having, but mm-hmm. to to involve them in that, like at tax time, because I know, especially mm. with our older two, they were shocked at how much of my husband's salary, for example, he doesn't actually get. Yeah. <laughs> to see that is a shock. And I'm, I'll be honest, like I'm, I'm a CA and up and I didn't do my own taxes up until probably four years ago my husband would do them on TurboTax or something, but now I actually enjoy using the forms to do it because I see exactly this is how much I've made. This is how much is going to taxes. And it, it is shocking, but it is important to, to understand, I think. 
for kids yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then to understand when, when things are free, like school or access to healthcare, how those things mm-hmm. connect. So yeah. They're as not are truly kids, free. They're <laughs> not truly. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Our taxes yeah. pay for it. How does yeah. that all work? So yeah, we've had some yeah. really interesting conversations with our kids lately about that. And especially as That's they're- great. They have more expensive tape. Mm-hmm. They're wanting certain things and, mm-hmm. and then thinking about what that would look like for them to save up for that, because that mm-hmm. isn't something that we're willing to just purchase for yes. them. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting for sure. And actually just random question, but what are your thoughts on allowances? <laughs> no, it's fine. So it's funny. Cause I made a joke about that to my son. Cause he also is very, he's not aware of the whole money concept yet. He's three and a half. And he had a Paw Patrol, one of the Paw Patrol pups. And he's like, I need this other pup and this other pup go to the store and buy it mommy. Cause I would, I would say, Oh, I don't have it. I'd have to go buy it from the store later. So now he's saying, tell me to go buy things at the store that he needs. And I made a joke about like, you know, start, we'll start paying you an allowance for your chores and then you can figure it out. And my husband kind of nudged me. He's like, no, no, no. Like we need to talk about how that's going to look. So I genuinely haven't given it much thought. I'll be honest, but I do think that I'm not against allowances. I think they do help kind of help kids understand the value of money and how to put things aside to save. I just don't know how much we'll give him. And for what, I don't want it to be like, you know, living in your house is a, a job, you know, you should want to clean up your room for other reasons other than just getting your allowance. So we'll have to figure out how it's going to work. But I do think that it does help kids understand the concept, the concept and the value of, of money. Yeah. Cause we've, we've sort of tried different things over the years for sure. <laughs> Our kids don't get a big allowance, but they get an allowance and we went back and forth about connecting it to their responsibilities, but they, they have their jobs certain jobs that they just do because they're part of the family. And that's, that's what we do, especially now that they're older, they've been doing some bigger jobs like mowing the lawn or painting our fence and that kind of thing. And so we've sort of recognized that in a different way. So if they're Mm -hmm. doing that sort of additional piece, then they can kind of have an opportunity to earn some additional money. Yeah. So, I but like we've, that. yeah, we've been experimenting. I know there's so many schools of thought on allowance. I so. know there are. And we really, I guess we're going to have to start thinking about it now that my son's telling me to just go to the store and buy, <laughs> buy things that he wants. But yeah, I haven't given it much thought, but I really like that. That it's kind of those, those things that you would like hire someone else to do. Yeah. I like that thought. I, I actually just remembered when I was a teenager, my mom would she wouldn't give me an allowance for clothes, but she'd say, you know, our budget for clothes every month is X amount of dollars. And you can spend that whole amount. We can spend that whole amount or you can, you know, save it up for another month. If there's something really expensive you want, you need to save, combine the two or three months together to save for that item. But she wouldn't physically give me the money. She'd just say that, you know, every month, this is what our budget is for, for your clothes. So I liked that concept too, actually. Because you know, I'm, clothes, you, you do need clothes. You do. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just part of the deal. Yeah. And I might steal that one for from you for high school. That that might be yeah, good for it definitely eldest. was a high school thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he has like the running shoe thing. I'm like, why? Why those running shoes? <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm gonna steal that one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Now part of my motherhood parenting philosophy is big borrow steel. Thus I'm stealing your idea uh, that your mom used for high school with clothing <laughs> shopping. Love that. Um, so yeah, that 
that's kind of what these questions are about. So what is one of your go-to meals on super busy days? <laughs> so for, it differs from my kids and my husband and myself and my husband. So for the kids on busy days, I always grab those Annie's mac and cheese boxes. They sell them at Costco so you can get a giant case. We always have them. And it takes 10 minutes to make and they go crazy for it. And I'll just throw peas or a can of tuna fish in there or something to like nutritional value <laughs> somewhat. But that's definitely a go-to when I'm tired and don't feel like arguing with them to eat. That's a treating. And then I'll just order sushi from my, my husband and I. So that's not not proud of that, but that's my go-to meal these days. That's that perfect. <laughs> and isn't it funny? Your kids love it, right? Yeah, they love it. I'm with you. It's that or our kids love tortellini with jarred sauce. Yeah. I'm like the best mom ever when I pull out yeah. the tortellini. It's such a treat. Jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take much. Or if my husband's working late, we do popcorn and smoothies. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like that wouldn't that. be enough for him. He would, that yeah. would just not. But for myself and the kids, they're happy and excited. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. That works that's well. Awesome. Yeah. But I love that you're adding the tuna and the piece. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. That is a very well-rounded yeah. meal. What is your favorite or a favorite family game or activity? So my kids are still a bit young for games. My, my oldest, my he's three and a half and is just getting into them, but the younger one will come along and throw things around. So we can't really play games just yet, but we do just spend a lot of time outside whenever we can. If we have a day, we'll drive down to the beach here in Toronto. My kids love the beach. They literally, literally roll around in the sand. They just are so excited by Stand. So that's what we do if we have a day. We'll just go to the beach. But other than that, we just play in our backyard. They love helping in the garden and things like that. It always ends up being a huge mess, but it's just nice to to get outside and spend that time. But yeah, I'd say that's our go-to. Just go outside. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And getting dirty and messy, that's the sign of a great day. That's true. Yeah. yeah. For them. For them, it's yeah. a sign of a great day. <laughs> I have other thoughts about it. But I know. Sometimes you think, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's that letting go of control thing again. (laughs) Just have to let go. (laughs) Yeah. When all that stuff gets trapped inside, I think. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. And what is a book, podcast, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? And if you have one of each, that's good too. The book I'm actually, I, so I listened to Sam's podcast with you a little while ago and she mentioned Atomic Habits. And that was going to be my answer because that book is amazing. It's just shifts your, your mindset and your perspective so much about setting yourself up for success and creating those habits. It's not as simple as just sort of make sure you, I don't know, get up at 5am and work out every day. It doesn't have to be that always, but it's just sort of training your mind to, to create good habits and, and making it easier. So it doesn't feel like a habit anymore. It's just something that you naturally do. So I really, really enjoyed that book. And there's a lot of great things in there to, to implement both like business and personal. So I really enjoyed that podcast. I actually, my go-to podcast, whenever I'm feeling like I need a little boost of motive motivation or something is always Leanne Kim's podcast our our mutual business coach. I just always there's just always something so applicable in each episode that I always just come away feeling a little bit more motivated or a little bit more clarity from something. So I, that's always my go-to and TV shows. I'm just a really big real housewives fan. I, every city franchise, I'll watch it. It's my, it's my escape from reality and I love it. (laughs) Trashy reality TV. That's my jam. I think it's good to have that escape, right? I'm bachelor and bachelorette. Ah, yes. Yes. (laughs) So it's all good. 
similar thing. Yep. Yeah, it's nice just to kind of have that escape, right? At the end exactly. of the day. It's so, yeah, yeah it's so exactly. nice and it's so good. And I also do love Leanne's podcast as well. It's mm-hmm. one of one of my faves for sure. And I still have not read Atomic Habits. So I feel like I kind of have a list of books that I want to read. So I feel like I'm going to need to make sure yeah. that one's on there. Do you like audiobooks? Do you do audiobooks at all or you're more of a... I'm more of a reader. Yeah. I haven't really completely jumped on that bandwagon, although I love podcasts. So yeah, yeah. I was the same. I avoided eBooks for a long time. I thought, no, I like having the physical thing in front of me, but I found that there's certain books I was struggling to read because either I found them to be like a bit repetitive. There's something about the material that was easier to consume for me as an eBook. So Atomic Habits, I actually started reading as a physical book and was struggling to kind of, it just wasn't something you could read very well at night before bed, which is usually when I do most of my reading, maybe because it made you think too much. So I, I got the ebook instead and, and would go for walks and listen to it. And I found that it was so much easier to, to take in, in ebook format. So there's a couple of books like that. I found, I tried to read and just switched to ebook and liked it a lot better. Okay. No, that's good to know. That's good to know. Maybe just sitting and listening and having a cup of coffee would be nice. Cause you're right. There's some books that take a little bit more mind, like your mind being actively engaged and involved and it's not the kind of book that you would fall asleep to at night. So, okay. I might have to jump on that. Do you use Audible? I actually use Kobo because I use Kobo for eBooks too. So Kobo Rakuten or whatever it's called, but they're pretty interchangeable. It's a monthly fee and you get a book a month kind of thing. So Okay. Good yeah. to know. Look yeah. at all this wonderful <laughs> advice I'm getting. I, have <laughs> I need to get on now. So in the part-time juggle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have a mommy mess up that you'd w- be willing to share with <laughs> us. A mistake it could be, or something you wish you had done differently, but ultimately just a learning opportunity you've had as well. <laughs> I don't know what the learning is of this, but the one, the mess up that always comes to mind and I feel guilty about is sending my kids to school in the wrong color shirts. Cause you know how they have like the pink shirt day and the orange shirt day. So I always forget and I always send them to school on pink shirt day. They went to school in like a green shirt and a blue shirt. And so that the, get the pictures back and they're like the only kid with a pink <laughs> shirt on. And I just feel awful and they don't know they're young, but I feel awful that I just can't seem to remember it. So now I get the school calendar and I put it in the calendar and I'm going to set a reminder for myself. Like this most recent orange day, I called around to every old Navy and Joe fresh in the city to find orange shirts for them. And I made it, I got them orange shirts, but it was a stressful period. So I think just planning ahead for that, but that's the biggest, that's the one thing that comes to mind in terms of messing up. These things happen, but and yeah. yeah, and then it's tricky when there's the photographic evidence. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, if we didn't have that, then it would feel so bad. But they post the post them on Instagram, and oh, my no. poor kids are the kids with no no pink shirt on. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. We all do these things. We all do these things, mm-hmm. and it it's hard. You, you know what? You're right. Sometimes it's not in the forefront of my mind. I need to get better at putting it in my calendar too. Cause then my kids will come home and say, Oh, by the way, tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. I think, Oh my gosh. Cause as if we're going to find something for I know. tomorrow that fits or yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I think my son went to school in like a size 60 orange shirt or something like that, but I was like, whatever it's orange. <laughs> <I don't care." laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I need to add that to my calendar because that's my kids. When they remind me of these things, it's the night before. And especially yeah. now with malls closing so early, it's, that's know. the thing too. Like how am I supposed, where am I going to get an orange shirt? <laughs> it's like 4 PM on a Tuesday. <laughs> I know. So yes, I need to add that to my calendar as well, <laughs> but you've got time because they're little. So by the time they're too worried about it, you're going to be a master Perfected, of the shirt yeah, Hopefully yeah, you'll be reminding <laughs> other moms. Of, oh, yeah, of, seriously. Yeah. I'll never forget again. <laughs> Well, but that's actually one thing that's been helpful. I sort of have a group of moms and our kids are in the same grades and it's just, mm -hmm. we send each other once in a while, by the way, just remember. That's a da -da 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 -da. good idea. And it's, it has saved me so many times. So many that's a good times. Idea. I need to start that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, Cause it takes a village, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, before we wrap things up, I'm just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some support with their own mom work juggles. I think that my biggest piece of advice to anyone, no matter what your dream is, is that don't think that your dreams matter less because you have to put your kids first. I've been fortunate to have my husband who supports me and wanting to do these things. But for a long time, I wasn't happy in the career I had. So taking that jump to do it, I think has just made such a big, as we talked about at the top, you know, it, it being when you're, when you're happy, it kind of flows through to everywhere else in your life. You know, there's a saying happy wife, happy life, but it also applies to mommies too, because you kid, your kids want to see you happy. You can't be a good mom if you're not happy. I mean, you can, but you know, I, I don't want to ever have my kids look at me and, and think that I resent them or something like that, because I let motherhood hold me back from what makes me happy. And I know when you have all these other commitments and no time, it, it is really hard to do that, to change careers or write a book or create a product that you want to do. But I think it's really important for your kids to do, to see you doing something that you love and is fulfilling because you would obviously want the same for them. I want the same for my kids. Um, I don't want them to ever put their, their dreams second. And I think that's my advice is to just, just effing do it. And <laughs> if you need to tell your husband to start pulling more weight or hire a babysitter or work at night, which is what I see a lot of my, you know, mompreneur friends do just do what you need to do to make your, make you have, feel happy and fulfilled. And, you know, everything else will, will fall in, into place afterwards. And it does. And sometimes mm -hmm. I find, I don't know if you found this with your husband, but sometimes if I've needed something in my mind, I've just sort of assumed that he should just know. Yes. <laughs> and as soon as I say something, he's like, well, why didn't you say something sooner? Yes. And men so, are not mind readers as much as we would oh. like them to be. As my, my husband reminds me that frequently, I can't read your mind. Just tell me what you want. And yes, it's much easier when you're communicating how you feel and what you need. It's yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's made a world of difference for yeah. <laughs> sure. I just want to say thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing your time and words of wisdom with thank us today. Thank you so much for having me. And if our listeners want to learn more about you and the work that you do, where are the best places to find? So definitely my Instagram. So Jay Capadani CPA is my Instagram. 
um, also on my website, jkcpa.ca. And what about your money talks? I listen, when can people find that? Yes, Thank you. So every Thursday morning, I try anyways, to get on Instagram live and talk about a variety of different topics. So sometimes it's tax, sometimes it's money management, but really just like little bite-sized tips for business owners um, to help sort of manage their finances. So every Thursday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time is when I try and get on live. And if I, for some reason, can't make it on live, I always post a video of some sort and IGTV on every Thursdays. Perfect. I'll make sure to share all that in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining me, Jennifer. It was great to connect with you. Thanks so much, Gianna. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.